still waiting for the Titans and Dolphins game to start back from where it was before. This has probably been the longest weather delay in any football game in history. It has to be. has to be. This game started at 1 o'clock. As of right now, we're recording this podcast at 6.47 p.m. on Sunday. And in the game, they're just in the third quarter. They had just started the third quarter. We got an interception by Malcolm Butler and lightning delay. (sighs) It's tough. You know, it just seems like the football gods are out for us. Out for Titans fans. Out for the Titans players. Just... When one thing happens for us, we get momentum, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You're not playing anytime soon. <laughs> this game is going to go well into primetime football. Monday, uh, Sunday night football is actually going to be disturbed by this game because I'm sure there are going to be viewers watching that game instead of Sunday night football, but just insane. Yeah, Dylan, uh, I was very surprised to see that the game was delayed because I was at work today and... Some of my friends were watching football because, you know, it's the first day of the NFL uh, season for Sunday. And my friend was like, it was just literally one lightning bolt, one lightning bolt. We had to clear the whole building and everything. And here we are, what, five hours later, and they still haven't kicked the ball out yet. So it looks like it's been going into Sunday night football, and and we still can't get kicked off. It looks like it's going to be into Monday night football. So, yeah, man, it's a bummer for the Titans, and it's a close game, you know, 7-3. They had some momentum going in this game, and it's just it's just a bummer. Long lightning delays, man. It affects people a lot. Both our teams in college, the Texas Longhorns and Tennessee Volunteers, went through this last week. Yeah, same thing. Tennessee lost that game because, well, first of all, it was Will Greer with the West Virginia Mountaineers, and they're an explosive offense. They're a great team. Um, but having a lightning delay like this for two, three hours, I mean, it, it wears on you. And players just don't, don't know how to manage their time in a situation like this. It, it never happens this way. Um, usually it doesn't happen this way. This It just seems like this year it's been a lot of lightning delays across the NCAA and across the NFL as well, even starting off in preseason and things of that nature. But now, um, just today, having this game be delayed so long, it's just... Absolutely insane. But anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> we, we should have introduced us at the very beginning with our intro song, but hey, we're here now, and uh, this is Out of Bounds. JT's across the table from me, as always, and we have a lot to talk about tonight, but JT, how's your week been going so far? It's been good, Dylan. I've been pretty busy uh, working between Under Armour and Disney, but having a lot of fun along the way. A little less busy and drinking and hanging out with all my friends compared to the week before when it was Labor Day weekend, but making the most of it. Making plans, uh, Halloween Horror Night starts this weekend, so definitely looking forward to that. Guy, check out the Stranger Things house. Uh, but it's been pretty good. Dylan, how was your week, sir? It's good. It was kind of nerve-wracking going into this weekend with fantasy football. I have four leagues I'm in this year, especially our Out of Bounds League, which we'll talk about later. Um, it's a little nerve-wracking because I was projected to squeak by in a lot of the games, but now it's happening, and my team's actually doing really well. So we'll talk about that in a little while, and we'll talk about your misfortune in fantasy football this weekend. Thanks, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and the New Orleans Saints defense. Yeah, true. That uh, was an awful game. We'll talk more about anyway, that. Anyway, let's talk about college football, as we had a lot of games on yesterday, Dylan. Dylan, last week on our show, we made some picks uh, for our college football pick'em, And Dylan, 
We were five for five. We did it. We got them all right. That's right. I'm ten for ten on the season. You're nine for ten on the season. You have one one blemish on your record, but that's still fine. We're we're still chugging along. We're still getting the right picks in. Um, it was a great week of college football. There were some really, really, really good games, um, especially the Florida Kentucky game. We watched that game, and Kentucky won. This is the first time they've won since uh, in like 31 years, um, where Florida's had their number away and at home. But last night, Kentucky came in there with a mission and decided to execute it to perfection and beat the Florida Gators. Yeah, it was crazy because the Florida Gators were trying to go down the field to get back in the game late to win the game. And as the quarterback throws the ball, it's getting tipped from behind. So they weren't sure it was a fumble, but the refs reviewed it. And the coach for Kentucky challenged the play. They ruled it, The refs ruled it was a fumble. And they scored towards the end to put the game away for the Florida Gators. And, uh, man, Dylan, the Florida Gators, I mean, this is not good. This is not how you want to start in the era of Dan Mullen, you know, with the loss to Kentucky of all teams. I mean, no disrespect to Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's been, you know, up and down consistently in the SEC East division, but nobody saw this coming. I was expecting if Florida was going to struggle, it would be against your boys, Tennessee or Georgia, or if they go on a good run, maybe make the SEC championship game or maybe LSU. Those are the teams I was expecting to give them fits, not Kentucky. No disrespect to Kentucky. Yeah, in the SEC East, you have three teams that are usually at the bottom. You have Mizzou, you have Kentucky, and you have Vanderbilt. Those are the three teams that are consistently the worst teams in the SEC East. Tennessee could be in that conversation as well. I get it. Uh, They have been bad over the past five, ten years. But I think that with Kentucky going in, making this statement in Florida, some people are thinking, is Florida that bad to where they lost to Kentucky, or is Kentucky that good? And we can't know that until, you know, we see some more competition on the field. We see some more games in Kentucky's belt to see if they actually could be a contender in the SEC East this season. But Florida, it just did not look good for them last night. Defensively, offensively, um, they were not the team we saw a week ago. So we'll see if Florida can salvage their season, um, hopefully bounce back from this loss and win against Colorado State this weekend, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes with our college game day pick them uh, for this week. Well, at least for the Gators, Dylan, they don't have to worry about one team that has, at least so far this season, been the best team and so far still undefeated, the UCF Knights. I know they played South Carolina State and whooped them 38 nothing, no big whoop. But when you look at the other teams in the state of Florida, Miami, okay, yeah, you you lost to LSU pretty bad, but they recovered. They beat Savannah State 77 nothing. I mean, Shut out, but it's a Vanna State. Let's not get too excited about that. Florida State <laughs> had a field day, had their hands full against Samford. Against really? Samford. Not Stanford. <laughs> Sam Ford. S-A-M-F-O-R-D. It I mean, was they, an they awful game. They needed two late touchdowns for De- DeAndre Francois for them to win that game. I mean, Florida State, especially because we were we recorded Monday last week when they were struggling so bad against Virginia Tech. Uh, Willie Taggart, that offense is in trouble right now, man. What's going on? It's it's in huge trouble. And the big reason why they're in trouble is because they don't have Jimbo Fisher on the sideline. I think that's the main reason. You look at Texas A&M last night when they played their game. Their game was phenomenal. Yeah, Texas A&M game. looked Went down the wire. Yeah. really, really, really good last night. And you would think that 
with Jimbo Fisher going into that system and, and bringing in his offense, his defense, things of that nature, um, you would think that they would struggle their first season, but absolutely not. It's the flip side of that. They're actually playing very good football so far. They have some great talent on that offense and defense. Um, I think that Texas A&M is going to actually go pretty far this year. I think they can um, at the, with Jim, J- Jimbo Fisher at the helm, but uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me to see that Florida State is struggling so bad. And last year, Francois went down with that injury, and we thought, oh no, their savior is gone for the season. And when he came back this year, we thought, okay, he's going to pick it right back up from where he was before. But that's not the case. He isn't playing that well. Um, and like you said, it just took two last-minute touchdowns for them to actually win that game against Samford. So, they're going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out what's going on in that organization and come together and win a, a game handedly um, to have any shot of possibly being considered for a, um, a late season a late season push uh, to the playoff. So, um, but you also talk about Texas A&M. We were talking about challenges earlier. There was one challenge they had last night where. The player was going toward, it was, I think it was by eight points. I think they were losing by eight points at this point. Um, or I, I need to look at the score. Anyway, so the player ran to the one yard line. The ball got punched out of the player's hands and the referees called it on the field as being fumbled in the back of the end zone and a touchback. So it, it dashed Texas A&M's chances of actually winning that game and gave the other team the ball um, with less than a minute left to go in the game. So you look at that too. I mean, that play, it was very, very hard to call. I, can, I can't believe that the referee on the field could have actually called it the way they did because when you look at it on the replay, I thought that it was fumbled before it went into the end zone. That was my call on that take. But I don't know. It just seemed like a very crazy game. Texas A&M definitely deserved to win that game. They were playing very, very well. But... It's just one small call like that can just ruin a game for a team, and that just that's an awful, an awful loss uh, for Jimbo Fisher being there at Texas A&M. That would have been a great statement win if they had won that game. But now, I mean, if if they do go far um, this season, if they do try to reach the College Football Playoff, which they have to win the SEC West, they have to win much. the SEC West. You gotta first be of Bama, all. you gotta be Ole Miss, you gotta be LSU, Auburn. I mean, which I think they played them in a couple weeks, so. Yeah, Dylan, texting them, they got a huge mountain to climb, but they've been very impressive so far. I'll they, give them that. They have, and, and they lost against oh, like Clemson. They <laughs> lost against number two Clemson, so it could have been a lot worse. It could have been like a, a Samford going in there and them losing to Samford. No, they didn't do that. They lost to Clemson, the best, one of the best teams in the nation right now. So I don't think there's anything to worry about in Texas A&M. I think the Aggies are going to do fine this season. Um, and if they do make a push to the college football playoff later in the season, if they do win the SEC West, this one blemish on their record um, may be justified by where Clemson ends up in the season as well. So we'll keep an eye on that um, going into the season. And um, yeah, we'll see if they can make it, make a, a late season late season push to the college football playoff. Definitely. And of course, down in Tampa, the South Florida Bulls, they're also undefeated. They beat Georgia Tech. 49-38, so good win for them. My but, boy Jack actually wins that game, and he was very upset by that game whenever oh yeah? he was coming back. But, yeah, it, Georgia Tech, uh, that's his alumni. He's an alumni from Georgia oh, Tech. Oh, okay, so. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, Dylan, let's talk about your boys, Tennessee. They play East Tennessee State Buccaneers this weekend and got a big win. So, you know, 
How do you think that uh, worked out for you? <laughs> uh, it, it's hard to say a big win. Um, good thing is we we weren't like a Florida State this weekend, and we were you know getting beat by this team until the very last minute. We actually did win handedly in that game, which we should have because it's East Tennessee State. But um, there, there's still some things that we need to do. Uh, I think that we could have scored a few more points in that game um, if we had everything in line. But you know what? I think Tennessee has has some work to do. I think that this season is not necessarily a season where we're going to go to college football playoff. I don't think we're going to. It's the first year of Jeremy Pruitt. It's, he's still trying to install his system there in Tennessee. He's still trying to get guys to believe in the system. So I think that we'll have a good record this season. I think that a bowl game is not unlikely. But I think that um, it's definitely going to be a rebuilding year for Tennessee, as it has been said for the past 10 years when it's Tennessee. It's always a rebuilding year. But I I think truly this year is the rebuilding year to create a solid foundation for this team and to be a competitor for the Constable playoff uh, for seasons to come. Yeah, Dylan, my Texas Longhorns, we played Tulsa yesterday, and we barely hang on to win that game 28-21. The Longhorns started off good. We were up 21 nothing at halftime. But then Tulsa, the Golden Hurricanes, started making a late comeback and came up a little short. We got a touchdown late in the end and to hang on for that win over the Golden Hurricane. But, yeah, Dylan, Sam Ellinger did a lot better this week. Weekend had 21 for 27, had 237 yards, passing yards, two touchdowns. And then our receiving core, little Jordan Humphrey. Yes, Dylan, that's his name. <laughs> he had one touchdown. And then Trey Watson also got a touchdown in that game. And our rushing game picked up a little bit with Trey Watson and Keontre Ingram doing pretty much carrying the load there. So Texas Longhorns did a lot better this week weekend. But we got a big game this week, and we'll talk about in a minute, as the Trojans come to Austin. So, Dylan, let's recap a couple other big games. Of course, we talked about Georgia. Georgia dominating South Carolina. A very impressive win. Uh, Jake Fromm doing a really good job for the Bulldogs, getting the big win over the Gamecocks, 41-17. Mississippi State went on the road, beat K-State, 31-10. Very impressive win for the Mississippi State Bulldogs as well. Penn State, Dylan, crushed Pitt, 51-6. Yeah, it was a very rainy game in that game as well, but they had a lot of rushing touchdowns. They had a great offensive scheme going into the game. And the weather did not phase them at all. Uh, they, they definitely bounced back from last week. And Penn State looks like the team that we thought they were going to be. Um, and they didn't need to say Quan Barkley for that. So it's an impressive win by them. Yep. And in the last game we picked, Stanford beating USC at home 17-3. Another win for the Cardinal. All right, Dylan. Uh, let's go into our... Well, before I do that, let me mention this one game real quick because it was an upset. Arizona State beating Michigan State late in that game, a little bit past midnight. But Herm Edwards, he's played two games. They're two, he's 2-0, so he's off to a good start, getting Arizona State back into the Pac-12 race. How yeah. do you think Herm Edwards is doing down there? I think he's doing great. I think he's uh, he's been itching to get back into football since he's been an analyst on ESPN, and he's showing that he definitely deserves to be on the sidelines still as a coach. Um, it's kind of like, you know, other coaches like this, like John Gruden, who is an analyst with ESPN. I'm excited to see what he does um, his first week um, as an NFL head coach in week one. So uh, play, coaches like that coming back from an analyst role to a coach, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, I'm glad Herm Edwards is doing well. He, he's definitely a great guy. I think he deserves it. 
Um, and that team he's putting together is looking really good. So I think they have um, a good shot of having a really, really good season this year. All right, guys. So now we're going to talk about college picking for week three in this weekend's game. So we got a lot of big games this weekend, Dylan. Let's start with one of these big games in the SEC, as I like to call the Tiger Bowl. You got LSU going on the road, taking on Auburn at Jordan O'Hare Stadium. Dylan, what's your prediction on this game? Oh, man, it's it's really tough. It is. I mean, being at Auburn, I think it's going to be a tough game for LSU still. Auburn um, just plays very, very well in front of their fans. But on the flip side, LSU has been doing very, very good this season as well. They've, they've put together a really good team. Edo is a great coach over there in LSU. He's actually showing that he deserved to be um, the head coach of that squad. So it's a really tough game to pick. But if I had to pick a winner in this game, I'm going to have to say it's going to be LSU. I have to pick oh, LSU in this okay. game. It'll be an upset. What about you, JT? Yeah, Dylan, uh, again, it's a tough game. Close one to call. You can go either way. I mean, the LSU quarterback, has uh, Burrow has done really well. And you got to look at Steedham, the quarterback for Auburn. So he's done pretty solid as well. I think it's going to be a very offensive game, shootout. But in the end, Dylan, I think the Auburn Tigers, they're going to use that home crowd. That's going to keep them in the game. And the Auburn Tigers, to me, Dylan, are going to be a team that's going to be on top after this weekend over the LSU Tigers. All right, let's go to the second game of the weekend. It's Colorado State versus Florida at Florida. Ooh, Dylan, this is a tough call, but with the Gator struggling right now, I got to put them on upset alert because Colorado State, they can score points, Dylan. And I know, okay, I know the first game they lost to Hawaii. Okay, it happens. Hawaii's doing pretty good. They're 3-0 and right now, so we can't disrespect them. But they were very impressive in their win against Arkansas this past weekend, Dylan. Against the Razorbacks. Nobody saw that coming. And Colorado State is hot. And they're coming on fire. And they're taking on the Florida Gators, Dylan, a team that struggling against Kentucky. Offense struggling. And we know Colorado State has a good defense, Dylan. So, Dylan, I'm rolling with the Rams on this one. Who you got? It's a tough game to pick as well. I, I think that with Florida, they are better than Arkansas. I think Arkansas um, is a good team. But I think that... They are still kind of trying to figure out their identity there with the Razorbacks. So um, Colorado State winning against Arkansas was a huge deal um, playing in front of their home fans. But this time they're playing in one of the toughest places to play in the SEC, and that is the Swamp in Florida. So I have to go with Florida in this game. I think Florida will pull it out, um, especially with the heartache of this loss they had last night against Kentucky. I think that Florida will come in with a chip on their shoulder and will want to redeem themselves. And again, it's Colorado State. The biggest competition they had so far was Arkansas. So I think that they're tired from that game. They're not used to playing in big games like this week after week after week. So going to another SEC opponent, going to Florida, I don't think it's going to be a tough. I don't think it's going to be an easy game for Colorado State. So once again, I think Florida is going to win that game. All right, guys. The next game we got is Alabama. Crimson Tide taking on on the road at Ole Miss. Taking on the high toddies and the Rebels. Dylan, Alabama's number one in the country right now, but historically they've always had trouble over in Oxford against Mississippi. So, Dylan, you think Alabama's going to still stay number one after this week, or you think Ole Miss has a chance for an upset? So, looking at the teams that Ole Miss has played so far, it's Texas Tech and Southern Illinois. 
They looked good against Southern Illinois. They put up 76 points, but the biggest thing in this game was they gave up 41 points to the Southern Illinois. Defensively, they That's did. Very so true. I think that you look at that stat and you look at Alabama, you look at Tua, um, you also look at Jalen Hurts, which I don't think Jalen Hurts will be playing quarterback that much in this game. But I believe that Tua and the Alabama Roll Tide will come in there and dominate this game. Alabama will remain number one for yet another week. Yeah, Dylan, I just find it interesting in this game, you're going to have two Hawaiian quarterbacks battling it out. For Old Miss, you got Jordan Tamu, and then you got Tua over for Alabama. So it's going to be funny, those two different contract styles of offenses battling out. It's going to be a shootout, Dylan. But I, like, I agree with you, Dylan. I believe Alabama will come out on top. Sorry, Morgan. You can send me on Twitter if you don't agree with me. But I agree that Alabama will stay number one at least for another week. All right, let's move on to the next game of the slate for this coming up weekend. It's Ohio State versus TCU, the Horn Frogs. Who you got? Oh, Dylan, this has been a going back and forth. And Ohio State, I know they've done well. Okay, but let's face it. You play Oregon State, scored 77 basketball points on them. Okay? Then you played Rutgers, which we all know Rutgers football. Why do they even play football? I have no idea. Losing them or beating them 55, what was it, 55-3, to three, something like that? Something like that. So, you know, Ohio State, okay, they're stacking up the, the stats right now for the team. But TCU, this is a different animal, Dylan. I know TCU is coming off a victory over SMU, and they're undefeated right now. But you got to look at Kerry Patterson and that defense. They can really stifle the Ohio State offense. And, of course, we know TCU, they can score points in this game, Dylan. So, it's going to be a close game. You're going to have Hoskins and Robinson, two quarterbacks, battling out. But in the end, I'm going on upset alert, and I'm going to pick TCU at home over Ohio State. Ohio State, they can still win the Big Ten and get in the playoffs, guys. So no need to freak out. But they're going to Ohio State's going to lose at some point. And I think, Dylan, this is the game they're going to do it because you don't want to lose to Penn State a couple weeks after this weekend. I think this weekend they saw the interim head coach. In, in place. Urban Meyer is still not reinstated yet. This will be the last week of his suspension. But still, I think that TCU hasn't played much competition either. We have SMU. We had Southern. Um, I, I don't think they've had competition, good competition at all either, but they have been putting up points as well. So this will be the first test for TCU, um, especially, you know, with Ohio State being the offensive juggernaut that they are. And also, it's going to be a test for Ohio State as well. But I think Ohio State will pull this one out. I don't think TCU will be able to match um, with the caliber of Ohio State to beat them. So I think that Ohio State will pull this one out, and they'll go 3-0 and on the season so far without Urban Meyer on the sideline. All right, Dylan. So our last game for the Pick'em is USC against Texas. Uh Texas coming off a narrow victory over the Golden Hurricane, as I mentioned earlier in the show. But Sam Angler's done really well. Little Jordan Humphrey's doing pretty good. And Texas, you know, after that shocking loss to Maryland, they seem to be picking it up. And we're hanging in every game. I don't see the players quitting. They're, they're hanging in there, fighting every scrap. But USC, Dylan, they're coming off a stunning loss on the road against Stanford. And now they got another big game in Texas and Austin. Dylan, I do think the Longhorns learning their lesson from playing them last year. Because last year, we were down, we came back, tied the game, went to overtime, and lose in heartbreaking fashion in that game. The Longhorns are going to be motivated to go in this game and get a critical win because we know, Dylan, 
after this game, we got TCU, and then we got the big one, Oklahoma, in a couple weeks. So Longhorns got to build some momentum. I'm expecting them to get the job done against the Trojans this weekend. This is going to be the third rematch since the 2006 Rose Bowl. This is going to be number three in the succession from Rose Bowl to the next game to the next. Um, I, I think that it's going to be a really good game to watch. I think USC has a chip on their shoulder from uh, losing to Stanford. And especially Stanford, I mean, they didn't put, it, put up many points in that game. They only scored 17 against USC's defense. Um, and Texas is... They they are a boomer bust offense, really. Um, Ellinger does look good when he's on the field as a quarterback, but there are times when he makes throws that just don't make sense. So it's going to be a tough game for Texas. Um, since they're at home, I, I think that it might give them some sort of advantage, but I don't think USC will give up a loss to Texas, so I think USC will win this game. All right, guys, and that will conclude the college football section of this episode. Now we're going to move on to the pros as the NFL started on Thursday night, Dylan, and of course today. Of course, a big game Thursday night, the Eagles coming back. Nick Bowles leading that late comeback and the Philly special 2.0 to get them over the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, I don't know what happened, man. He only had 250-something passing yards, no touchdowns and interception. The Falcons really came out flat in this game. And there was a weather delay, too, I believe. Weather delay's been the word of the day this week uh, for this episode. <laughs> so that was impressive. But the games today, Dylan, wow, we had some stunners. Yes, as of right recording right now, the Titans and Dolphins are still on weather delay. Nope, they're playing they're now. Playing now? They're playing now? They're playing now. It's 10-3 uh, to 3 Dolphins. Titans have the football first and four on the Miami four-yard line. So Titans have a chance to score a touchdown to tie up that game in Miami, which it is the longest game since the 1970 AFC, I mean, NFL and AFL, AFL merger. So longest game in NFL history, uh, which is a phenomenal feat to have. Um, but they just recently started. And Titans just scored a touchdown as well. The score now is 10-9. to Miami's still ahead, um, pending the PAT from Ryan Suckup. Deion Lewis up the middle for four yards. So if you have Deion Lewis on your foot, fans football team, which I do, then you should be very, very happy. Um, but yes, Titans are looking pretty good now. They're tied up with the Miami Dolphins. It was a very, very long delay. They had two lightning delays in this game. And at first, the offense was looking pretty good for the Titans. Bad thing was all the drives would end um, in the red zone, and they were not able to put up any touchdowns up until this point. Um, they had one field goal. They also had one fourth down and two on the two-yard line. And they went for it. Marcus Mariota rolled back, threw it to Corey Davis. Corey Davis was tackled before he got to the end zone. So, um, or got tackled before he got the first down. Um, So then it made it to where they got zero points on that drive. So it was uh, 3-0 for a while. Then the Dolphins scored 10. Now we're tying it up. So um, hopefully Titans can do better. That's the thing. Then you just need to finish drives. They just weren't able to finish drives in the first few quarters. Um, but Matt LaFleur's offense is looking pretty good. Actually, our, our, our bell cow having Derrick Henry back there is running back. He's looking pretty good. Deion Lewis is a great change of pace, change of pace back for the Titans as well. It's better than having the, um, ground and pound version of Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray. I, I think their, their running styles were pretty identical. So having somebody like Deion Lewis who can come out of the backfield and actually catch the football too, as a receiving back, um, is great news for the Titans. So they're looking really good so far. And the defense, uh, they're bending but not breaking. They still gave up 10 points, but 
Um, they haven't been tackling the best so far, so they need to shore that up um, if they want to win this game today. All right, Dylan, let's recap some of the action happened earlier this afternoon. The Ravens beating the Bills 47-3. Dylan, your Ravens defense, man, I sure help you out your fans' team a lot. Killing it. Joe Flacco had three touchdowns. Uh, the Nathan Peterman era has another bad start. <laughs> also, let's talk about Nathan, Nathan Peterman for a second. He started three games in the NFL in his career so far. He has never finished a game as the starting quarterback. In two of those games, he was pulled, and in the third game, he was injured. So he just sucks as a starting quarterback. Don't have him on your fantasy team at all. We'll talk <laughs> about it in Fantasy Corner. Don't have him on your fantasy team at all. Um, just get rid of him. I, I think he just needs to be a, a third-string quarterback somewhere. And Josh Allen era begins in Buffalo. The Jaguars being the Giants, 20-15. to 15. The Gi- uh, Giants really struggled today. you got to get credit, though, to the Jaguars' defense. They shut down Shaquan Barkley, limited 16 carries, 106 yards. He did get a 68-yard touchdown, which kind of helped my fantasy team a little bit. <laughs> and then you, Odell Beckham had 11 receptions, 111 passing yard, or catch it, or yards. excuse me. And Eli Manning, well, had a rough day today. But the Giants, we'll see they bounce back. Blake Burles did pretty good, though, so good for him. The Buccaneers, Dylan, they absolutely stunned the Saints' defense. 48 points? Wow. Drew Brees was like throwing balls all over the place to try to get the end of the game. Trying to get him back, but he couldn't. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. had a really good game that, that game. We'll talk about him in my fantasy corner in, in a moment. But, um, yeah, great game by um, by Drew Brees, but it fell short in this game. They lost in that game, um, which was sad. I mean, they actually played very, very well. And I think if they played up against any other team today, they would have won. But, however, um, it just was not Drew Brees' day-to-day. And Ryan Fitzmagic came in. And That's right. Four to, touchdowns, man. Woo, he was lighting it up on the field today. So the Buccaneers are looking really, really good so far. And they don't even have Jameis Winston back there yet. So nope. you have to think about this, too. If Jame, When Jameis Winston gets back, do you pull Ryan Fitzpatrick? If he keeps having these performances like he's doing today. Didn't he do this when he was with the Jets? Remember a few years ago with the Jets? He was getting a little fired he, up? He's like Kerry Collins. He's an every other year quarterback. Yeah. He'll be great one year, suck the next year, great the next year, suck the next year. He just, it, it's ebbs and flows. But he looked really good today. And he looked like in sync with that Tampa offense. So I think that at a certain point you have to consider if Ryan has the hot hand... And Jameis Winston does get out of his suspension. You know, he'll, he'll be back in week four. Um, do you see them actually giving the reins to Jameis Winston if Ryan Fitzmagic is still having good games? Look, you got to go with a hot hand. You know Jameis Winston, he's been in a lot of trouble off the field. So maybe you might save him some trouble by keeping him on the bench. Of course, if Ryan Fitzpatrick gets going, look, you got to keep it in. Right now, he has a 97.6 QPR rating. That's absolutely amazing. I know it's one game, but if he keeps up, you got to keep him in. By the way, just a quick motion on the Titans with a delay. There was a stat here. So the first lightning delay, Dylan, was one hour, 57 minutes. The second lightning delay was two hours and two minutes in a total of three hours and 59 minutes. Basically four hours. Jeez. That's crazy. That's but insane. anyway. Page- and also the Dolphins just got a touchdown as well. So it's 17-10 uh, Dolphins. All right. And next game, the Patriots. Tom Brady got three touchdowns. And Gronkowski got a touchdown for them to beat the Texans. 27-20. Can we talk about the Chiefs now, though? Patrick Mahomes oh my gosh, threw for four touchdowns. It, he was 15 of 27 for four touchdowns and 100 and... You got to talk about Tyree Kill, too, man. No, 256 He's yards. Two touchdowns, 50-plus yards. I mean, my goodness. The the, the, the Chargers getting 
run out the StubHub Center right now. Yeah, Kansas City won 38-28 in that game. So, phenomenal game for Kansas, Kansas City. Um, yeah, the Vikings won. Kirk Cousins won his debut. So, good for him. Jimmy Garoppolo struggled. Uh, the Andrew Luck got hit today by the Bengals, and the Bengals came back and, and won this game. Yeah. Andy Dalton, man, and Joe Mixon, and A.J. Green with a sick catch. Wow, those guys, the Bengals were amazing today. And then the crazy game, Dylan, Steelers and the Browns. Okay, what happened? The Steelers were up. We thought the game was over. The Browns were going to come back after they looked so good early on. And then they get the two late touchdowns off turnovers. Yeah. And then the game is tied. And then it goes to overtime and it finished in the tie. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I don't know what the ownership is doing, but you better give Le'Veon Bell his money right now. You should. You can't beat the Browns. Well, okay. Here, here are the two pro. The, the one problem that they had that was a glaring problem on the field. For Shout the out to James Conner though. Good James Conner killed, killed it in killed that it game. Too. He was doing great things in that game. Thirty-one rushes for 135 yards and two touchdowns in his NFL debut. Having a sick game like that, 4.4 yards a carry. Uh, but you look at Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, his, here's his stat line. 23 of 41, 335 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Three. Now, he had some games like that last year where he threw a lot of picks. But he would always bounce back with, a, with a, an outstanding performance. But think about this. A few seasons ago... Then he have like two games back to back where he threw five touchdowns. He threw like five hundred yards, five touchdowns. Like he's such a wishy washy quarterback nowadays that I'm going to bench him on my fantasy team. I have him and Alex Smith on my fantasy team. After seeing Alex Smith with the Redskins today, I'm definitely going to start Alex Smith as yeah, my he's quarterback. Doing good. He's, he's doing very touchdowns. very good. But Ben Roethlisberger, there's trouble there. I think that's the glaring problem there. I don't even think Le'Veon Bell could could help with that because. James Conner did a great job in relief. I think James Conner did what Le'Veon Bell could do or even more than what Le'Veon Bell could do. So, you know, I think that um, Pittsburgh has some problems on offense, and it's not Le'Veon Bell's fault. It's not James Conner's fault. I think it's definitely been Roethlisberger's fault. Yeah, Dylan, other games that are going on this afternoon, uh, the Panthers are up 16-8 on the Cowboys. Looks like they're going to hang on to... Win that game. The Redskins, as you mentioned earlier, Alex Smith looking good. They're up 24 to 6 on the Cardinals. Adrian Peterson, Dylan, got a touchdown in his debut today. So good for him. That definitely is going to help my, my fantasy team a little bit. Uh, the Broncos, they're up on the Seahawks right now, 27 24. Case Keenum, he struggled a little bit today, but he had three touchdowns. So we'll see if they can hang on. It's getting late in that game. See if they can hang on for the win. The Chiefs, as you mentioned, they beat the Chargers. And then, of course, the night game is going to be the Bears and Packers. Tomorrow, it's the Raiders and Chargers, and there's another game tomorrow night. The Lions and the Jets tomorrow. So, interesting day in the NFL, Dylan. One big thing you need to look out for in the Bears and Green Bay Packers game this evening is Khalil Mack. You have to watch his play because he's playing. He's making his debut tonight with the Bears, um, and he's only had, like, what, a week? A week and a half, maybe, with this team so far. So a handful of practices with this team. He's had uh, taken a lot of information um, to lead this team's defense. So we'll see if Khalil Mack can actually make a splash tonight against the Packers and see if they can get to Aaron Rodgers at all. Um, but that's somebody to look for in the game tonight will be Khalil Mack to see if that defense can actually um, do some good things. All right, Dylan, let's get on to your fantasy corner this week. Yeah, so the fantasy corner. So I, I have some players that 
did very well this 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 afternoon that are not even in leagues, in most leagues anyway, on ESPN. So um, I have some picks for you. I have a quarterback, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a kicker for you guys to look for on your waiver wire coming up this next week. So the Buccaneers quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we just talked about him. Fitzmagic did some great things in fantasy. He scored 42.3 points today. He's only owned in 1.9% of ESPN fantasy leagues. So Drop what you're doing. If you have Ben Roethlisberger on your team, drop him and pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick for right now. I think he's the hot hand. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will do some good things in the next few weeks, and um, he's on a roll. So I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a quarterback you need to pick up. Another wide receiver you should pick up is the Saints wide receiver, Ted Ginn Jr. He had a great game today as well, scored 20.3 points, and he's only owned in 16.8% of fantasy teams uh, and fantasy leagues on ESPN. Patriots wide receiver Philip Dorsett, even though Tom Brady's a little bit wishy-washy when it comes to wide receivers, um, he does need a number one wide receiver, and Philip Dorsett looks like he stepped into those shoes today, looking really, really good for the Patriots. He scored 19.6 points in fantasy. He's only owned in 4.4% of leagues, so pick him up on the waiver wire if you can. Um, Seattle Seahawks tight end Will Disley. Yeah, Will Disley. He scored 19.5 points so far um, through the third quarter. I haven't checked his stats recently, but uh, through the third quarter, he scored almost 20 points in fantasy, which is fantastic for a tight end. He has not owned in a single fantasy league on ESPN. So you definitely need to go pick him up on the waiver wire if you're having trouble with your tight end. And last but not least, Buccaneers kicker Chandler Catanzaro. He scored 11 points today, and guess what? 1.8% of leagues actually own him. So I think you should go pick him up on the waiver wire coming up this week. And that, my friends, is my fantasy corner. All right, guys, let's go on to basketball news. And Dylan, we must start with some sad news as the Orlando Magic, their owner, Richard Davos, he passed away last week um, at 92 years old. Uh, he did a lot of stuff for the community, uh, founder of Amway, and bringing all the, the basketball and the, here to Orlando. So it was critical for that organization. He helped, uh, was part of the Magic when they had won five division titles and had seven 50-plus win seasons. Of course, winning the Eastern Conference title in 1995 and 2009. And, he, of course, he was inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame in 2016. Dylan, did you know when Rich Davos bought the team, he paid $85 million? Whoa. You want to take a guess how much the team is worth now? So he's $85 million. I'm guessing the team is yeah, worth... Yeah, he bought them in September 1991. Oh, man. Going great probably would be half a mil. I mean, half a billion. $1.225 billion. Wow. Okay, a lot more than I thought. <laughs> That's awesome. Especially with that new, um, the new media complex they're creating there at the Amway Center in the next few years. They're breaking ground on it in 2019. Orlando Magic uh, finally got everything approved to where they're tearing down some areas around Amway, and they're making a an outside complex for them as well. So they're going to have their Orlando Magic um, main headquarters right there and also a... Um, kind of like a little party area outside with big screens and things of that nature um, for Orlando Magic Games. Yeah, Dylan. All right. So for the NBA, they are having their they had their Hall of Fame ceremony this past weekend, and of course, some of the notable uh, Hall of Famers are Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Ray Allen, Grant Hill, and of course, Maurice Cheeks. So 
awesome to see those guys inducted in the Hall of Fame. Of those guys, which which player do you think uh, did the most for the NBA? Oh man, it's it's kind of a tough call, Dylan. But if I had to think of one pl- player, it's got to be Steve Nash. Steve Nash, one of the best uh, shooting guards um, in the league and during his era when he was around from like late, late 98, 99, I think it was, to, and he retired, I think, in 2011, 2012. But he was amazing with the, those years. Of course, me being a Spurs fan, we remember those battles when we played the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. And Steve Nash, he even played a playoff game with a broken nose. <laughs> he has nose broken. He's going back, and he's still playing. And breaking records for the Phoenix Suns. I know it, 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 his career didn't end well when he was with the Lakers, but a great player. Definitely glad to see him in the Hall of Fame. All right, Dylan, just a quick update on the WNBA playoffs. We are now in the final the championship, and as I predicted, the Washington Mystics and the Seattle Storm made the finals. So the Seattle Storm won the first game, 89-76. Uh, very, very impressive. Ella Don had only 10 points, and, of course, for C- the Storm, their leading point scorer was Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd with 22 and 23 points, respectively. Game two was today. The Seattle Storm won 75-73, and they have a 2-0 series lead now. Brianna Stewart had 25 points, and Joel Lloyd also carried a team as well. For the Mystics, Elena only had 70 points. Chrissy Tolliver had 15, and Ariel Atkins had 15 points as well. So the Mystics are down 2-0. The next game will be on game three. will be on Wednesday, the 12th at 8 o'clock in D.C. We'll see if the Washington Mystics can turn it around. All right, Dylan, anything else you want to mention before we get to the football recap of the week? No, I think that's uh, about it for basketball. So, JT, it's time for your favorite segment. It's the football recap of the week, and the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, the Out of Bounds podcast, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And for my weekend recap, well, let's start with the U.S. men's national team. They had a big game this past weekend on Friday against Brazil and Neymar and Coutinho, all those guys, had other ideas. They crashed our party up in New Jersey, winning that game 2-0. We had a lot of young players in that game, Dylan Bobby Wood, Timothy Weah. Uh, the team is very young. Christian Pulisic was not there. He's going to be there for the meaningful game. So U.S. men's national team will have to bounce back quickly. Their next game is on September 11th in a couple days in Smashville, Dylan, Ooh. as they will be taking on Mexico. Nice. So that game will be on Tuesday night. Other things that happened in Europe, we had the UEFA Nations League and Germany and France. That game ended in a nil-nil draw. And Italy and Poland had to play a thriller to get a 1-1 draw in that series. And then, of course, Spain yesterday beat England 2-1. So that was very interesting there. What was going on in the UEFA Nations League over in Europe? Orlando City, Dylan. Uh, we still have not snapped the losing funk lately as we played Sporting Kansas City last night on the road. Uh, Dom Dwyer making his first return to Kansas City after he was traded to us last year. And we lose 1-0 with a goal from Gutierrez from Sporting Kansas City for them to hang on to win. Orlando City, Dylan, SC. We have now only won one game, Dylan, in our last 18 matches. One win, 15 losses, two draws. Uh, Don't bet we're going to make the playoffs this year, guys. Let's get ready for next year. The good news is, though, we are playing the Chicago Fire this Sunday. They're in dead last with us. So we might have a chance to snap this losing streak we've been on for the last so two you're months. So you're saying there's a chance. We, hey, we got a chance, man. <laughs> hey, some of my players didn't play. Yoshi had two with, with Peru, and we've had some injuries, but that's been the whole season. I think Orlando City just wants to get the season over with, and you're ready for next year. For the Orlando Pride, Dylan, the ladies had their final game this 
past season from the NWSL yesterday as they played Sky Blue FC. And Dylan, I know Martha didn't play. She had a hamstring injury. But still, Orlando City, I mean, you're out of the Orlando Pride, excuse me, you're out of the playoffs. But just play with some pride, no pun intended. But they end up with a loss, losing to Sky Blue FC, who were the worst team in the league, didn't have a win all season. And Carly Lloyd got a goal for them to be uh, victorious, 1-0. And that finishes our season for Orlando Pride, Dylan. They finished season winless over their final six matches of the regular season and finished on a four-game losing streak. So, so Tom Sermani, the head coach, has got some work to do, fix some pieces to figure out what went wrong because with Alex Morgan, Marta, Camila, all these players, Ashton Harris, they got to make the playoffs next year, Dylan. Really surprised on that. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. The big news that happened in soccer this weekend was NISA, the Division Three league, officially applied for sanctioning for the U.S. Soccer Federation. So we'll see how that goes to that league. Uh, they had teams kind of spread out across the country. One team that has been confirmed that will be part of it, 1904 FC, which is based in San Diego. For the Save the Crew update, hashtag Save the Crew, uh, they had their court date on September 4th. No decision has been made, but, uh, you know, the Columbus crew, they're fighting to keep their team in Columbus, Dillon, and MLS, they're trying to push to move to Austin for the Austin for FC franchise. So, Dylan, I think if the decision is vote to not dismiss the case, then you're going to see some litigation. My speculation, Dylan, is they're going to at some point we have to reach settlement, and I'm guessing they're going to let the team move, but they're going to promise Columbus expansion team. Hopefully, there'll be a way where they get an ownership to buy it and play immediately, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out, Dylan. We'll probably get a decision within the next month or so. David Beckham, he's finally announced his team for his new Miami franchise that will start in 2020. There will be known as International the Club de Football, uh, Miami, or short term, Inter-Miami CF. So that's really cool. And what also happened, Dylan, this past week was Orlando City, the B squad, they're coming back. They will be in the USL Division Three League and start in the spring of next year. And for games to watch, come on, guys. Europe is back. Premier League, La Liga, Serie A. You got lots of options to choose from, guys. So make sure you follow the sports for this weekend's matches in European football. And that, guys, will conclude my football recap of the week. Just an update before we get to miscellaneous news. The Titans and Dolphins game. Uh, the Dolphins just got a touchdown from Kenny Stills. He got a 75-yard 75, 75 catch from um, Ryan Tannehill. So they're up now 24-10. to Titans have 10 minutes and 22 seconds remaining of the fourth quarter in the game. So hopefully they can bounce back and score another touchdown on this next drive to stay alive and and hopefully tie it before the end of the game um, so we can go to an overtime. So that would be great. Anyway, let's move on to miscellaneous news. In tennis, Serena Williams, man, she got so many penalties yesterday. She got three penalties, I think it was, or something of that nature. Um, she got fined today as well um, because of these penalties she received. She said that the head uh, – I forgot, the head court judge the or something. Um, the, yeah. the umpire. The umpire um, had disrespected her, and she has said, you know, you should apologize to me. And during this conversation, he penalized her again. Um, so in the end, she had three penalties in that game. She lost one win in that set against um, this competitor. Naomi um, Osaka. Yeah, so she lost one game of that because um, she complained to the ref or she had a conversation with the ref. Um, she also got fined today, so that was terrible news for her. But on the flip side, Naomi Osaka actually won in the U.S. Open, and uh, she is the first Japanese tennis player to win the U.S. Open. So congratulations to her. But 
again, Serena Williams, I mean, what happened there? Yeah, I watched the video on Twitter, and it was kind of a confused situation because some people said the, the coach was giving her hints or something, and, you know, she's trying to get say in the, in the community because she's getting outplayed by Naomi Osaka. And she was talking about, I'm, you, I'd am rather lose than cheat, and don't call me a cheater. I would never cheat my life. I would step, uh, you know, my, my daughter, I would never do nothing like that. But then after the whole thing, the coach is like, oh, yeah, I guess we kind of did. I, I don't know if he's trying to admit it or what happened, but it was crazy. And Serena Williams still carried on that frustration. I heard some tennis players had called her out because they feel that she's only doing this outburst because she knew she got outplayed by Naomi Osaka and was just taking out the frustration. So who knows? But, hey, I mean, Serena, I got to give credit for at least not trying to steal her thunder when they were trying to present her trophy. Because she was, Naomi Osaka, when she finally she won, obviously very emotional, her first title. As you mentioned, first Japanese player to ever win a, a grand a title in tennis. So Serena Williams, you know, hopefully she'll put this behind her and focus on next year because I think she's won one title this year, right? I can't remember which one it was. Was it Wimbledon or the French Open? It was one of them. One of them, yeah. But she's got to bounce back strong next year. So we'll, hopefully she, she'll put this behind her. But speaking of tennis, Novak Djokovic, he's playing right now against John, uh, Jonathan, I think it's Jonathan uh, Del Potro. And right now he's leading. Um, four three on his set there, so it looks like Djokovic is on his way. He's won his first two sets, so he look he's on his way to winning another title. The U.S. Open has been crazy, Dylan. We were talking about last week. We talked, oh, Roger Federer was doing so well, but then what happened? The next day he lost. Rafael Nadal, of course, had to retire because he got injured, and of course, Maria Sharapova didn't make it to the semifinals. So, very interesting thoughts there, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, uh, let's talk about some hockey. Yeah, I know we can get a little bit of hockey, but some news that helped. This weekend was developing in Seattle as they're making plans to vote on the referendum for the new arena, get remodeled, get demolished, and rebuild it up to get it ready for NHL standards. Uh, based on the commissioner, uh, not commissioner, but the deputy, uh, Bill, da- da- Bill Daly, he's saying that don't expect to vote. They're having an NHL meeting this month, but they're not going to vote on the Seattle expansion bid. Rumor has it that they're going to vote on officially in December of this year to award the team. And Seattle says once we officially get awarded a team, then they're going to demolish stadium, rebuild it. It's going to take a couple years. Expect Seattle being in the league a couple years from now. And then here we go. Vegas Golden Knights 2.0. Start protecting your future picks wisely, guys. All right, Dylan, on to winners and losers this week. Or do you guys say oh, sorry, something? yes. With yeah. NHL, um, the Predators are in a rookie tournament down in South Florida um, against the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning. As of right now, the Predators are 2-0 and in that tournament. They beat Washington yesterday by a score of 5-4, to and they beat uh, Tampa today by a score of 5-3. to So they've scored 10 goals in two games so far, which is phenomenal. So congratulations to them, and we'll see what they can do tomorrow. I believe tomorrow is their last game. I think they're playing up against um, Washington again. I think. I believe so. So good good news for them. So, yeah, we can go to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with you first. All right, guys. So my winner this week is Wilfred Saha, forward for the Crystal Palace FC up in England in the Premier League, as he made a financial contribution to the Crystal Palace ladies uh, helping them out, get them through their season. So that's great to see a player helping uh, his, the ladies' side of the football club out. So that's great to see. My loser this week, Dylan, is Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey for basically ticking off the entire NHL community this week as he said, oh, you know what, guys? I could play hockey in six months and skate off. And these players were like, is he being serious? 
right now? <laughs> you can't even skate. Learn how to skate in six months. But that is true, Dylan. I try to play a little bit of hockey, and skating's hard because you got to go forwards. You got to go backwards. You got to make sure your hamstring aren't sore by going so over the place. I mean, it's like me when I play basketball. You know, you're doing suicides. It's like that on the ice, but on skates. So no way you're going to be able to play hockey in six months. This guy lost his mind. Maybe I like to see Jalen Ramsey try play hockey with the Jacksonville Icemen. They're in the ECHL up there in Jacksonville. Go do a tryout for them and see if you can make that team. Then come talk to me when you're ready to make your debut for the Florida Panthers in like five years. There you go. But he's my loser this week. Dylan, what are your winners and losers this week? My winner this week is Tyreek Hill for the performance he put on the field with the Kansas City Chiefs today. He was just absolutely phenomenal, absolutely electric. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, too, the quarterback there in Kansas City, did a great job with his start. And I think just starting quarterbacks that are on different teams, like you look at Kirk Cousins, you look at um, uh, Alex Smith, you look at Patrick Mahomes, all these guys have played very well this weekend, so kudos to all of them. My loser this week is... Weather delays. I hate them. <laughs> Absolutely. The, I hate them, uh, especially with the Titans and Dolphins. It just throws a team off their rhythm. It, it, it doesn't do well with the players. The players don't know how to react to weather delay. They don't know when they're going to go back on the field. So they, don't know, they don't know when to practice, to warm up. They don't know what to eat in between the game, like in the weather delays. It's well, just, to, be fair, Dylan, to be fair, Dylan, we are in hurricane season right now. We are, yes. So the weather's been a little funky as of late. Um, I know that I saw on the news they said... There's like three hurricanes coming towards our direction. Hopefully not after what happened with Irma last year. But, uh, yeah, Dylan, that's it's just the southeast thing. You know, with the weather, the humidity, hurricane season, it's just a combination of things. So with weather day, especially here in Florida, Dylan, like it's, it's any time there's lightning, like everyone goes in hiding. Like we can't play, got to wait it out. So that's it is what it is, man. You know, here in Central Florida, when it rains, it's a monsoon out here. It is, it is, but it's, it's just awful. I don't, I don't like it for the game. I don't like it for the players. I mean, it just, it sucks for everybody um, involved in the light in the weather delays. But um, hopefully, the Titans can still pull out this win tonight against the Dolphins. Anyway, before our final thoughts, we have to break up. We have to talk about uh, the Out of Bounds Fantasy Football League because as of right now, um, I believe I am winning against Dylan with a Y, uh, Dylan Taylor. So I'm winning against him right now. And I'm projected to lose in that game. But I did some pretty good things. Um, Tyreek Hill got me 35.3 points in the league. Um, he was my best wide receiver of the day. Um, I think that my worst player of the day was Cameron Brait from Tampa Bay. He had zero points for me. Um, so I guess I need to find another tight end, which I'll probably pick up Seattle's tight end. Um because, I mean, come on, he's doing really good. Disley, Will Disley, I'll pick up him. So, uh, JT, on the other hand, what's happening with your fantasy team? Oh, well, as I mentioned, Dylan, my, my fantasy football team has been in a, in a real struggle today. As I mentioned, I had Matt Ryan as my starting quarterback, and he was awful. So that's why I wasn't going to win. I'm um, projected to lose to your boy, Kev, mixing it up, not even close. The only positive I had so far was in this game that Shaquan Barkley, he got a touchdown, got me 18 points, so that certainly helped. Adrian Peterson got me a touchdown, 20 points, that certainly helped. But the New Orleans defense, that killed me, and of course the performance of Matt Ryan. Juju Smith-Schuster, though, was a bright spot today for the Steelers, so that's what helped me out. But yeah, my team, Golden Balls FC, we're going to lose this week. Maybe I'll have better luck next week. Yeah, we'll hope so. So let's go to final thoughts. JT, you first. All right, Dylan, for my final thought, you know, guys, you know, we got another exciting week in sports coming up, a lot of big stuff happening. 
And of course, this weekend we got a lot of things to keep out. Of course, if you follow soccer like me, we got big games like on Saturday, Tottenham against Liverpool at 7.30. And then you got, of course, Bayern Munich against Bayern Leverkusen at 9.30. So those are some games I'll be keeping watch on as well in the morning. And then, of course, I have college football. Go to watch a lot of college football games on Saturday, of course. And then, of course, Sunday, NFL. That's going to be great as well, Dylan. So a lot of exciting things for this weekend to keep your eye on, guys, this week. And, of course, uh, the breaking news, Novak Djokovic just won the U.S. Open from the men. So there you go. Wow, look at that. Breaking news on Out of Bounds Podcast. What we do. Right here, every single week. All right, Dylan, what's your final thought? So my final thought goes out to the Titans. They're playing pretty well. They actually got another touchdown, so they're 24-17 now in this game. Um, a bright spot was Vaccaro, our safety, um, over from the New Orleans Saints. He got an interception, but then right after that, Blaine Gabbert's in the game now. I guess Marcus Mariota got injured, and he threw a pick. So it just kind of canceled them out. Um, so hopefully we can still pull it out and get a touchdown. But as of right now, there's... Five minutes left to go in the game, and Miami has the ball at the Tennessee 15. So um, hopefully something can happen in this game. A miracle can happen, and we can win this game. But, yeah, that's my final thought. But thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. On Twitter, it's OOB Podcast. You can follow me on my personal Twitter account at Dylan underscore James. My Instagram account is Dylan James underscore FL, as in Florida. And my email is Dylan at Podcast.com. You can always email us with questions, comments, concerns, things we can do better for this show because we always want to make this show the best for our listeners. And you guys are the ones that keep us doing this every single week. So we love what we do and we want to keep giving you a good product every single week. Uh, so JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can reach me on Twitter. I'm at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSaka Sports. And you can email me at jt at com. What are you looking forward to the most with the last final three games we have um, of the weekend in the NFL? Which game do you think is going to be the best? Oh, man. I think the best game is going to be the one that everyone's been talking about, the Raiders and the Rams. I think that's going to be a really potential game. I mean, John Green, we don't know what crazy ideas are going to come up his sleeve. But I think the Rams, knowing how offensive they're going to do, that's going to be great, so we'll see how they do. And, of course, the Lions, you know, playing at home, we'll see if they can bounce back. It's on national television, so we'll see how they do. But, Dylan, will you, I'm sure you're going to keep your eye out, like you mentioned earlier, the, bear, the Bears, the Bears, and the Packers. Yes, I will keep my eye out on that team. But also you have Sam Darnold with the Jets. He's having right. his first start. He's the youngest quarterback since the AFL-NFL merger to start in week one of uh, a season so congratulations to him it'll be interesting to see what he can do against the Lions defense and we'll see if Matt Stafford can continue to produce offensively like he does every single season throwing for 400 500 yards um like like he always does so he'll probably throw for um 4,000 yards once again this season and have a good year so hopefully things like that will happen with him but thanks for listening to the show this week guys and we will talk to you next week 